0: welcome back to the seen and not heard podcast the podcast that is your weekly dirty little secret which is fine by me as long as you keep it i am melrose michaels your host and this is season three episode two Last week, I hinted to y'all that I was going to be inviting my really close friend, Julie, onto the podcast. Julie and I have been friends since fifth grade, and although we grew up in the same socioeconomic situation, the rest of our backgrounds vary widely. Julie comes from a pretty strict household. Her mom wouldn't even let her spend the night at my house, whereas I could disappear all weekend as long as my mom knew whose roof was over my head. Julie's family was also a church-going family, so her and I have a lot of theological differences. She is also a mother of three, one of which is a teenage girl, which presents some moral challenges for Julie in respect to the industry I'm in and what I do. She has always supported and encouraged my choices for my work, and she's posed really great questions because she has a unique vantage point as an outsider to the adult industry. I wanted to bring her on because the last time she visited me in Tennessee, we had such a great conversation about the adult industry, sex trafficking, and exploitation of women. Our differing perspectives and life experiences really showcase the complexity that some of these topics present. And knowing that, Julie was able to offer me some insight on how to raise young women knowing the way society views and values them. I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I did. Without further ado, one of my best friends, Julie Mendez. Hello, Julie, and welcome to the Scene and Not Heard podcast. Hello. So full disclosure, you have been on the podcast before in like a smaller um, setting, I guess. But I wanted to have you on again because you visited me recently and we got into some really interesting discussions that I really wish I would have recorded um, about kind of sex trafficking and your feelings on that as it pertains to the adult inter- industry. So, mm-hmm. I guess a little bit of background is that Julie is a longtime friend since like fifth grade. Um, and then as of this year in 2020, Uh, She came on board to work with my marketing company um, and kind of take over that entire business for me. So she's gotten her feet wet a little bit in the adult side of things, like helping, you know, models sell shout outs and stuff like that. So this is kind of a new industry that you're getting exposed to as a whole, too. So, like, Mm -hmm. I guess what were your first impressions when I was talking to you about the marketing company thing as it pertains to adults? Because your background and mine are super different.
1: It is nerve-wracking a little bit, especially because at any time that you go into something new that you have no experience and so being pretty much full-blown thrown into um, not just marketing, but also like you said, the adult industry as well, you know, it was nerve-wracking and I've been learning a lot along the way as well.
0: Yeah. Did you, and this is just like a little side tangent because it's like, it's very important for me that people view sex workers or people in the industry like myself as actual business owners because Mm -hmm. we do so much fucking work (laughs) so like I feel like now that you've kind of gotten your hands wet in the marketing side of the industry did it surprise you how much went into it like
1: so much goes into it um and to be a business owner you have to be um organized you have to you know strategize your day and pretty much that, that, that goes with anything, whether it's construction or whether it's modeling, whether it's or having a restaurant, like you have to be very, very organized. So mm-hmm. not just only making your content, of course you have to make your content, but then you go into editing, then you have to go into marketing and then you have to do, you know, the outreach for it. And with any business, there's always accounting involved. So mm-hmm. what are your profits? What are, your, you know, what are your losses? What are you, what are you spending your money on? So yes, there is, there's a lot of business strategy that goes into the,
0: you know, into the yeah, yeah for sure that's definitely like and I try to stress this to people because especially now that you know I just kind of talked um with another person about this recently that it's very trendy to do like the only fans thing or like the industry thing right now which is great and I, I have mixed feelings about that but as far as it goes where people just think like oh I can take nude pictures and sell them online and I'm gonna make you know a million dollars it's so much more than that like it's so much more than that so I think it's kind of cool that you're getting to see the work that goes into it because we've been friends for so long but we haven't kind of crossed paths in this area of my life so it's kind of kind of good for me anyways Um, So as it pertains to like you helping me in the marketing company, because it is geared a lot towards sex workers and helping them sell shout outs just as like one piece of the company. Um, What have been your, I guess, moral or ethical dilemmas with that? Because that's kind of what we talked about last time. Again, um,
1: this is is new. Um, Obviously, I am aware of the industry, but it was – It's new in the sense of, and my concern, I guess, it's more of the younger ones, um, the younger models looking um, to promote themselves, and maybe, um, you know, a model will only see the income, maybe one um, looks more into the exposure or the attention, I'm not sure, Um, obviously everyone has their own psychological reasons and why they go into the industry, Um, but because it's it's not one shoe fits all, you know. Mm-hmm. Every model is different, and every model has their own different situation. Um, but my concern was, you know, you have these younger models that are going into the industry, but then uh, my concern um, was, kind of, are they being managed by someone else, or, you know, another one of my concern has always been like, are they an adult, are they, you know, over the age of 18? And even if they are over the age of 18, when you're 18, sometimes you're still not fully, I don't know, mature. We're always, you know, even us as adults, we're still trying to figure things out. Um, But then, you know, there's an instance where um, when we came across the teen fetish, and I guess I, I haven't really, like, come across um, that many um, models that have concerned me Um, but some of the pages do seem a little sketchy Mm -hmm. Um, and then again um, when we talked about you know obviously social media is a world platform so we have models from the U.S. we have models from you know Mexico and Colombia so again the american dollar like you mentioned goes a long way in in different countries um so i can see why uh social media is an outlet for them um but my thing is like not not every woman can manage. Not every woman has a camera. Not every woman has, you know, the uh, internet capabilities or the marketing capabilities. So of course they go to someone else. Mm -hmm. But then my concern is, is that third person exploiting them? What's going on behind the backgrounds? And am I then partaking in that problem?
0: Yeah, for sure. And so like, that's something that I've had to kind of grapple with a little bit because like for the one instance where the model reached out for a shout out and you came to me and you're like, she looks really young. And this model happened to be on FinCentro. So it was easy for me to go internally and be like, just double checking is this girl age verified, which, which was great. And she was age verified. And so I, my hesitancy kind of was relieved and I was like, okay, she's of age. She's, you know, willing, this is her business. We can promote her. But then when I actually went to her profile, And it was like the word teen was splashed all over the place. Well, for me personally, as, you know, a business owner of the marketing company, I feel a right to, you know, deny service to someone because Mm -hmm. I don't want to help exploit a fetish that I don't think is, is good for young girls. Mm Um, And on the flip side of that, if she didn't have teen on her profile, I probably would have gone ahead and, you know, Mm -hmm. accepted the shout out. But just the fact that there's so many people fetishizing teen, I kind of do struggle with that. But Mm -hmm. I can, like, honestly say when I was first starting out in the industry, Mm -hmm. I wasn't a teen, I was 20, which was still young, in my opinion, in retrospect. But if I had a moment, and I remember thinking this very clearly, that I wish I was... Starting at 18, so or 19, so I could say I was a teen because I know how well that niche of content sells. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know, like in the actual industry, when you're on set and when you're filming, like legit, you know, adult content for a studio or something, a lot of the whole like teen thing. These people are, you know, well into their 20s playing a teen. So that's that's kind of a gray area. Yeah. If it's, you know, a young girl who looks super young and says teen all over the place, I'm not super comfortable with that. If it's Uh, grown woman playing a teenager like uh, okay that's acting to me but I go back and forth that's it's a sticky situation
1: it is for sure and especially because there are teens that are still struggling with their sexuality they're struggling with um you know, going through the hormones and the change from being a child Mm -hmm. to, you know, a teenager, and that phase already is so confusing. So when you add sex work into that, it's just, it's a whole mix. And again, the industry is there for it. um, But that's, that's where I struggle as well, especially having a teenage stepdaughter.
0: Yeah. And so when it comes to the exploiting thing, and that's where it gets really messy, because we'll have people approach us, for example, a shout out and like, like a shout out on Snapchat. So I'll go and I'll look at their Snapchat story and I'll see like 50 random different models. I'm like, okay, this is clearly a guy who is stealing content and wants a shout out for this Snapchat to sell stolen content. So like, obviously that's mm-hmm. easy to deny. I'm not interested. You're exploiting women who work hard and who, you know, have their own yeah. business. And I want a part of that. But on the flip side, there's also... People in place, typically men again, who do run studios and who do serve a purpose, like either providing the cell phones or the internet access or the laptop to young models in places that it's hard to get those things. So again, it's a great area, and I think just having one the instinct into the experience to make those judgment calls is really what comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were talking about, you know, it's you grapple with this a little bit because you do have a stepdaughter who's like you know, a teenager, not, she's not 18, obviously, but she's going to be 18 coming, you know, five or so years. And you're, you had concerns about, and we talked about this a little bit, like her being on Snapchat or her being on like social media, because it can be a slippery slope, especially when, you know, it looks so easy from the outside, what some of these sex workers are doing, like the pictures on Instagram or what they're posting on Snapchat. Um, what, I guess, reservations do you have about her being on those platforms and seeing those things?
1: My concerns, and, I, and I've I been outspoken about this before as well with her, is that once it's out, it's out. And I've seen that obviously firsthand. Um, once it's there on your account, it's so easy to screenshot and post on a different account. And you know, that is you know, it's, if someone, if a model is obviously paying for her shout out to be on your account, another account can easily come and screenshot mm-hmm. that. So it's the same thing, um, that I communicated with her is that, you know, once it's out, it's out, you know, once you send it, it is so easy for someone to screenshot your content, whether it's my daughter, whether it's my friend, whether it's a model. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, it's out in the open for Ever. forever, forever, yeah. um, So it's just, you know, just being aware and self awareness, I've struggled with, I I feel like ever since I was young, I kind of just went through the motions. And that's something that I wish I would have learned at a younger age, I wish someone would have kind of had that conversation with me when I was younger, you know, kind of just have a little bit more self awareness. Mm -hmm. um, Think before you speak, and you know, things of that nature. So it's hard. It's really hard. And I just hope she takes it with a grain of salt, you know?
0: Yeah. It's funny because we were that generation that grew up with the internet. Like we Mm -hmm. lived without it as kids and then we grew up with it. So we were like the guinea pigs of this like posting pictures online thing and Mm -hmm. the guinea pigs of like sending nudes and all of this stuff. MySpace, that was our first (laughs) ever social media platform. I love my, MySpace taught me how to code. (laughs) But yeah, no, totally. And so like, it's almost like we were the ones that had to learn the hard way, and now we can kind of take that information pass it to a younger generation. And so I guess something I want to ask you is like I'm a young woman and in, you know next five, hopefully five before 10 years, I would like to start a family and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think all the time about the way social media and the internet plays a part in a young girl's life, specifically women, just because of the societal standards are so much different and so much harder to navigate.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: how do you handle social media not only I guess with your your teenage daughter but with all your kids and like how do you feel like do you feel like you ever have any control over the outcome like I'm so afraid of that
1: um well I've actually come across um from the marketing aspect, I've come across a few models um, who have said that their accounts have been hacked, their accounts have been deleted. Um, one model said her dad made her delete the account, um, and it is very detrimental to their mental health. With that being said, um, it's, it's true, and the only thing that I can say to my children is, and even as an adult or anyone in particular, is you have to have a tough shell. If you're going to do something, you need to follow through right? So if this is something that you decided this is your career, you have followed through with it. And that also includes having that conversation with children, you know, your future children. And so that would go with any model, um, or even, you know, my kids and whatever they do, you know, if they follow through with it, um, they also need to have a tough shell. So, you know, constructive criticism is one thing, um, but judging is completely different. So if someone wants to judge you, and, you know, x y and z uh it's they just need really need to learn to just let it slide you Mm -hmm. know sticks and stones may may break my bones but words will never hurt me Mm -hmm. so that's just one of the things that I've also had to learn as an adult and I feel it's really important to our children is that everything that you do obviously has consequences whether it's good or whether it's bad you have to follow through with what you're doing and just just be tough Mm -hmm. um you know take care of yourself take a day where you maybe stay away from social media and just pamper yourself um go for a run uh do something for your mental health and not let someone else drag you down knock you down and keep you down you Mm
0: -hmm. know definitely I think having that like tough skin is super important just in the era of social media in general Mm -hmm. it's so easy to like sit back and compare yourself to all of these people these beautiful airbrush photos and you know edited and Lightroomed and all the stuff mm-hmm. Do you find yourself comparing yourself to girls online like just the average instagram model because like even for me like i compare myself because i am a model so like for me i'm mm-hmm. in a workspace so like okay that pose is getting her a lot of engagement so maybe i can replicate that but for the average young woman i i like i've always been in the industry as a model before i was even an adult so Mm -hmm. i don't have um i guess experience being a normal girl looking at social media Do you feel like it's hard not to compare yourself? It is. Um, I've I've come across
1: a few Latinas and I'm like, damn, she looks so good. Like, oh, I want those curves or mm-hmm. oh man, you know, that's a perfect skin tone. That's the perfect hair. I grew up and I, I struggled with my eyebrows. I had a unibrow. I hated how hairy I was. I hated my massive big lips. But as I grew older, I grew to love them. I grew yeah. to you know, um, appreciate my eyebrows and just learn to style them. I learned to appreciate my lips. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it just comes with age and growing and maturing and learning to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important as a woman, as, as a man, to be confident. And it doesn't come overnight. Yeah. That's not something that you're just going to wake up and look in the mirror and be like, damn, I look good. You know, these are, the, these are the things that it's important for us, but it's also important, again, for our children, you know, to to tell them, you know, you are smart, you are
0: kind. I was going to ask too. So for me, I've found now that I'm older, like we're both going to be 30 soon. Um, I know. It's, I know, it's a lot easier for me to love myself now as an adult mm-hmm. or adult-ish than it was before. Has that been your experience, too?
1: Yes, it has. Um, It's you, as, when you're younger, you really do absorb everybody else's opinions. Yeah. Um, You absorb the adults around you, because that's the authority figure. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I absorbed a lot of my mother. Um, So, but as, I I don't know, as you grow older life experiences you you do you learn to to love yourself and again for me as my personal experience you know just taking care of myself my mental health and again building that kind of tough skin Um, and I try not to be too hard on my daughter and I I still struggle with that because Mm -hmm. part of me wants Her to explore and to see what's out there and learn, but the other part of me wants to protect and shield. But again, I can only do so much because life experiences are life experiences, and everybody learns their own way. Um, So I just hope that she remembers, you know, what I
0: some of my advice and Mm -hmm. tries to take it with her. It's funny because we had this talk and we were talking about again, you teach daughter you're talking about how she's always on her phone and always on social media and I was like you know I'm like you might want to foster that because that could be her starting a marketing company or her you, I, know. you know what I, I,
1: I heard that and I brought it home with me and I brought it up to her um, and I told her that because she is in social media she could learn she could use that time to really learn something she she's into she wants to be an an architect she wants to um i think she even mentioned coding at one point so it's the tech world is only advancing and getting bigger by the minute i mean there's it's the opportunities are endless so i did i talked to her i'm like instead of you know having conversations with x y and z all day and like doing mindless social yeah. media things like pick up something from it yeah. you know turn it into Have intention and, and yes and be an entrepreneur the other day I scolded mm-hmm. her um, because she paid her do- her brother a dollar to do her chore I'm like good that's good business strategy you're paying cheap labor but as a parent I was trying to discipline you to take the trash out at seven in the morning (laughs) so now you have to go clean the pool (laughs) see she's a smart cookie that one (laughs) she's she's smart she's very intelligent so again I mean I can tell her you're smart and you're beautiful all day long Mm -hmm. but maybe coming from a mother and if it comes from a boy it's two totally different things you know or if it comes from another girl I guess the children you know grow up looking for them yeah I feel like at least and sure. maybe from from my um experience that's how it was
0: definitely I yeah I remember growing up I wanted validation from teachers like I wanted to be the kid that mm-hmm. they were like do it like Mel's doing like, you know like praise and but that's also like one of my love languages personally is like I receive praise and that's how I feel loved but like I look for validation everywhere but and I find that like I mean, you knew me as younger, and I've always kind of had this, like, I don't care what other people think vibe, but I've also, I'm also a relatively insecure person, at least for my adolescence, I was. Like, I've never felt like I fit in, and I kind of always struggled with that. But I don't know. I think as a teenager, it's hard to hear things, like you said, from one person and soak it in when sometimes someone else will say the exact same thing and it totally resonates. Um, especially like when Mm you're coming from boys, like if my mom tells me I'm beautiful, like, yeah, that's great. But if my husband tells me I'm beautiful, (laughs) it means a lot more. (laughs) Um, Yes, it's just it's those things. Yeah. Do you think um, with your daughter? And I guess this goes for all your kids, because you you and your husband are both entrepreneurs, you have another business outside of what you help me with. Do you think that rubs off on your kids at all?
1: I hope so because <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's working on your daughter for sure.
1: I hope so. You know, no, they it does because our children absorb. They're like their brains are like sponges. They absorb so much. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first got my desk and it was on the other side of the of the living room and Jacob grabbed his notebook and his markers and he went and sat on my chair and he just started going like this and drawing and then he thinks he puts his pen up I have a video of it and then he goes back down and starts writing again and I'm like it, it just amazes me at how much we mold them yeah. you know without us really realizing it we're molding our children every single day and we are the role models that they have mm-hmm. um at home you know it's not just our teachers that are responsible for children's education it's also us as parents to to educate them you know so it's just i see it um i was doing my taxes the other day and andy my son was you know he's just staring at me and he's like what are you doing and i pretty much just broke down accounting for him in one sitting and he's like wow i had no idea that this was even a thing. I had no idea that it took this much to do taxes. I'm like, yes. And so, you know, I'm like, well, you know, one day maybe you'll be able to do it on your own from, for your own business. So I really do hope that they take all of this with them and they see that our, you know, their parents work really hard. You know, my husband gets home and he's covered in debris from the saw and, you know, from building decks or whatever his project is. So they see that. Um, And we kind of just try, obviously we try to give them the best and we try to give them what we didn't have. Um, But at the same time, trying to teach them that we work really hard for what we have. You know, we have really long hours.
0: And especially you, your boss is the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me. I wanted to, because kind of what you said reminded me, like when I was little, my mom worked, she worked in insurance most of my life. And she would, you know, go to work at, like, 7 a.m. And she'd get home at, like, 7 p.m. And she'd come home and she'd always be in, like, you know, business attire or whatever from, you know, work. And I always – I internalized it. Like, she was – and I don't know why, but I always thought she was the boss of the company. Like, she was, like, the big Kahuna for some reason, which was totally yeah. not, not the case. Um, but I always saw her, like, coming home from work and working really hard. And when I would go to work with her, she had, like, a nice cubicle. So I thought that was, like – a stellar office for mm-hmm. a boss and uh I just I always thought she was so important and her job mm-hmm. and she I mean she is now she's VP of a company now in insurance but then she wasn't but I think that me having that impression kind of led yeah. me to like want to be such a, a powerful woman in business I guess because that was my mm-hmm. you know perception of of my mom and she was, that was your role model yes yes very much so mm-hmm. um, when you say that like how your kids are absorbing everything all the time, if there's, sorry, if there was one thing, like one tiny thing, I'm totally just coming to you for parenting advice now, that (laughs) you wanted your kids to walk away with, what do you think it would be? Um, Because you're like a stellar mom. Like that's not even like as a friend thing, like you're a really good mom. Like you take time to explain things and to teach your kids things. And I love watching you with them. And you're hilarious also, because I feel like you also show them that you're a three-dimensional person. Like, yes, I'm a mom, but I'm also a woman. And I'm also in business. And I'm also, like, you You don't let them, I feel like, get blinded by, oh, you're only a mom. You're like, no, I also have to do this. And I also have this role. And I think that's something a lot of moms don't let them do. They just stay in the mom role and they only show that side of them to their kids. So I think you're really good at that.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. But one thing I would want them to take is, you have to be kind person, you know, if they are very successful and have everything at their disposal, remember where you came from, remember your roots, remember to be humble. Um, and I don't know if, if they can be kind, successful people. Um, I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm done. I'm going <laughs> to Mexico. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> I'll see you sometime. <laughs> uh, when, because like you do have your own business and you have your own success, do you and this is I guess because we both have a very similar background, like we went to the same school, we grew up in the same area, mm-hmm. similar, you know, economic backgrounds. Do you feel ever worried that because you've worked so hard and established yourself so much to provide, you know, nicer things in a nicer future for your kids, that they won't have the same like hunger to work the way you guys did? I work,
1: Absolutely. work all the time. Mm-hmm absolutely yes um i i have a sense that i have spoiled brats sometimes and i and i tell them you guys are acting like spoiled brats um and Mm -hmm. i tell them all the time um remind them um obviously they're not experiencing hunger and Mm -hmm. lack of shelter firsthand um and we're very blessed to have a roof over our head and have food in our fridge but i tell them and we have these conversations when they're being moody or when they think that when I when I ask them to do something and I get a little bit of a backtalk, you know, I always remind them like, listen, there's children in detention centers, um, ICE detention centers right now. There are children that are starving. There are children that are being abused that, you know, don't have a home that are homeless and suffering with their moms, either in a homeless shelter or, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like you guys have it so good. So I, I do... Try to bring them back to reality when they when they act like spoiled brats. Um, but it's hard. It's hard because they're not experiencing it firsthand. They don't know what starvation is firsthand. Yeah, they'll go, they'll skip breakfast and then they it's lunchtime and they're like, oh my god, I'm starving. <laughs> no, you're not starving. You're really hungry, but you're not starving. You know. So it's like they don't know. Um, and then I didn't really experience that firsthand either. I feel like it was probably it was mainly my parents coming um, to the United States as immigrants not knowing the language.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I think they experienced it more. I remember my mom telling us that she would walk to the laundromat in the middle of winter carrying me and having my dad carry the laundry. I don't remember that. I I was a baby, but her struggles are different from my struggles and my children's struggles are going to be different from my struggles. But again, it's just reminding them. And um, Jacob is at that age now where he's old enough and we can go to, you know, food pantries and we can volunteer and we can go to, you know, the shelters and we can volunteer. And again, that's always been my, my vision is to, um, and I used to, I used to volunteer when I was younger and life, I got rolled up in life and things happened and I stopped, but I, I need to go back to that, you know, it's, and, and teach my children that as well.
0: Yeah. It's a good pillar. I feel like that was always something like I'm not as very as involved religiously, like in a church or in like a setting like that, but I do really want to establish community for my kids because Mm -hmm. I think that's my biggest takeaway from church that I, I find super valuable is that community and that sense of community where you have people to go to if not me or your you know future dad but like having a community established for your family and then making sure you give back especially if you have enough to give you know Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. those are the definitely the goals that I would like to try to do and
1: future
0: future peoples um that's that's good yeah it teaches them yeah nothing or two in life because it's hard out there it's so hard out there in life it is especially now the world's changing rapidly and we have no idea what's coming next in 2020, so <laughs> it could get weird. No idea. <laughs> There's uh, still half a year to rock the world, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. But thank you for coming on and hanging out with me a little bit today and giving me mothering advice and marketing advice. And also, I like that we're a little bit polar opposite in mm-hmm. the sense that like, you helped me realize perspectives perspectives that I'm not you know, really considering in my day to day because I'm so removed from them typically, you know? So it's always good to have someone like you in my life that I can bounce things off of and get different opinions on that maybe I'm not considering. Um, So I value you very much. And I'm so glad that you work so closely with me because I feel like we make an excellent team and I can't wait to see what's next.
1: I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm I'm glad that I can bring something to the table. And, Again, like you said, 2020 has been it's it's been it's been a shit show. Yeah. Um, but you know, working from home has completely done a 360. Um, there's moms that would, I don't know, maybe get looked down on. Oh, you know, you're a stay at home mom, or, or you're working from home. That's not really that's not really a job. There's so much that goes into managing. Um, our company and market method and being a mom and running the household it's a lot so I I'm glad that I can bring something to the table while at the same time still managing and taking care of my household and just trying to be the best that I can and be the shield at the same time for my for my children you know while still being super mom and super businesswoman <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. I don't think there's uh, many others that can juggle it as well as you do. So, thank you. I'm super glad we got to do this. And thank I'm you. sure it won't be the last time you're on here because now we've made two appearances. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thought we will talk again soon. And we'll see you next time on the scene and on her podcast. It never ceases to amaze me how well she and I have meaningful conversations about very real things especially about some of the more difficult topics, because those challenging ones, they need to be discussed the most. When was the last time you had a conversation with someone who had a totally different viewpoint as you? Someone who stimulated you mentally and challenged your beliefs? We're all living in a tension-charged reality right now, and we're all standing pretty divided. But maybe we could see what we have in common if we only took a look at the world from someone else's perspective. I'm Melrose Michaels, and this has been season three, episode two of The Seen and Not Heard Podcast. I'd like to give a huge thank you today to Julie, not for only coming on the podcast, but for being a support system for me as I've grown and evolved throughout life. You're not only my dear friend, but you're also someone I admire, look up to, find inspiration from being around, and so, so much more. You're an incredible mother, a beautiful person, and such an articulate and intelligent young woman. Thank you for never passing judgment on me or my decisions and for encouraging me in times you may not have known how much I needed it. I owe you. Want to be an individual sponsor of the podcast? All you have to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash Melrose and click support the podcast to donate whatever amount per month to help fund more episodes like today's. Next week on the seen and not heard podcast. What if we just all came together? Pun intended. It's funny because the thought had never actually crossed my mind before. If we could somehow unite a large enough group of creators in the adult industry, we could determine what our value was. But of course, that would mean cooperating together with each other, and that's a tall order.